0: CHAPTER ONE The organ swelled as Jane approached the altar, light-headed with happiness and not eating. It had been worth it. The tiny waist of the wedding dress now fitted her with ease, and she was blissfully aware of her slender form moving gracefully beneath the thick satin. The air was heavy with the scent of white roses as smiling shyly beneath her cathedral-length veil jane drew up alongside nick looking at her with a gratifying mixture of awe and wonder nick's face lit up in a tender smile the organ swelled and made jane fast asleep and reveling in her favorite dream wake up suddenly a dead heavy weight was dragging itself across her chest Realising it was Nick, Jane groaned more with discomfort than relief as her boyfriend groped clumsily to get his bearings before starting to soar away at her like a lumberjack. She barely had time to let out more than a couple of dutiful moans before, having galloped past the finishing post even faster than normal, Nick dismounted and rolled, grunting back to his side of the bed. As usual, Jane was left to lie in the wet patch. She sighed as she stared out into the darkness, feeling vaguely violated. Quite literally, a rude awakening. She'd never get back to sleep now. Still, perhaps she ought to be grateful. She and Nick rarely had sex at all these days. And when they did, Nick preferred entering from behind, lying on his side, usually semi-conscious, it was, apparently, too much effort for him to get on top any more. A clear case, Jane thought ruefully, of missionary impossible. It had not always been thus. They had met as students at Cambridge, a city which had afforded ample opportunities for thrillingly spontaneous love making. The shelf stacks of the university library had quite literally been pressed into service, as had the backs of bike sheds, the backs at midnight, punts, pubs, tea-shop loos, and even the master of Morgnan's garden. Most memorably of all, Nick had once pulled out all the stops in the organ loft of King's College Chapel. The festival of nine lessons and carols had never seemed quite the same after that. Trying to anchor her head more comfortably in the pillow Sleep still as remote as the stars, Jane recalled the moment she and Nick had met in the campus cafe. His brusque northernness had struck her as rather thrilling, as did his rugged, handsome face, and the fact that he seemed terribly politically committed. Besides, as an English student specialising in hardy, Jane quite fancied the idea of a horny-handed son of toil. The horny part, unhappily, had recently made its excuses and left. As she lay dozing in the dark, Jane tried to pin down the exact moment when she realised Nick didn't fancy her any more. If she was honest, it was about six months ago, around the time she had moved into Nick's flat in Clapham. The bedside table exploded into frantic sound as Nick's irritating Mickey Mouse alarm clock announced 6.30. Oblivious of Jane deeply asleep beside him, Nick swore loudly, swung his legs out of bed and yanked back the curtains. A weak sun struggled through the dingy window panes and illuminated the pile of dirty washing over which he leaned to switch on the radio. Jane groaned inwardly, as the quarrelsome tones of John Humphreys flooded into the room. Not more current affairs. It only seemed five minutes since Jeremy Paxman had been switched off the night before. But just as Nick could not sleep without having seen both the nine and ten o'clock news and newsnight, he seemingly could not rise without having the today programme reverberating through the flat from dawn onward. "'Jane's conspicuous failure to be as obsessed with current affairs as he was "'drove Nick to distraction.'